This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the top of the morning to you, Charlie. <laughs> ah, delighted to see you, my dear. Delighted look, to see you. You sound like a leprechaun. Well, I feel like a little leprechaun. <laughs> I like yeah. it. And you're wearing green. You're just totally, you've totally gone Irish on me. I, I have. But, you know, uh, Shirley and I had the best trip to yeah. Ireland, and we spent six days as well in Bristol, England, mm-hmm. visiting a friend of mine, and we, we just had the uh, best time. And hats off to the gang at uh, Trafalgar Tour. Yeah, Boy, yeah. they did it. Grand. You were just telling me about some of the oh, beautiful hotels you stayed yeah, in. Yeah, it was actually wonderful. Food. Every day, you, we said, you know, and we couldn't believe it. We said, well, it can't get any better than this. And it did. You'd go to some other be than amazing castle or oh, river gosh, cruise or something. Kiss the Blarney Stone. <laughs> As if you needed to. Yeah. <laughs> I understand <clears throat> that was a subject of one of the programs while I was away. Well, huh? yes, these things do come up on occasion. <laughs> uh, so, but, well, so what happened with the vote in the, uh, the Wow, that EU? was wacky. You, you we were, were right there. there. We were there when it happened. Weren't you getting involved? You talk and... about... No, we're, <laughs> we were kind of amazed at the whole thing. It, I'm, it seems as if they really didn't believe they were going to vote to, to leave. Yeah. And when it happened, oh, oh, oh what do we do now? So surprised. Well, Boris Johnson, the you yeah. know ex-mayor of, of London, now <laughs> one of the headlines was... Uh, Brexicuted. <laughs> anyway, it's all crazy. Yes, I, and I don't yes. know how they're going to solve it, but it's going to be I like, very interesting. I like the, the way nobody actually admits to voting oh, yeah, to no, leave. No, nobody voted. <laughs> nobody voted to leave. Yeah, they yeah. all voted oh, to stay. Absolutely. Or so they tell you. Anyway, delighted to be back here in the studio with you as we broadcast live and direct on a beautiful Saturday morning. No, you missed day. some beautiful weather. I understand. Sun wave been shining. Yeah. Yep, yep. We finally got a bit of rain yesterday, which was very good for the gardens. Okay. I better get the phone lines on the air here. If you'd like to get a hold of Charlie, by all means, call this number if you're in the Toronto area, 416-360-0740, and then 1-866-740-4740 for anywhere else in the province. And let Sebastian know if you're a first-time caller. Brought my little bell, which you'd... I couldn't find, I guess, while I was No, away. I thought you took it with you. It was, <laughs> no. People were really looking for I that, I had though. it stashed away. Uh, under and, lock uh, and key. It's a very Oh, yeah, special... call early, call often, <laughs> one question per call. And may I just interject one more little note? Sure. Congratulations to Nate and Samantha McCutcheon. Uh, Shirley and I went to a wedding yesterday. She's my niece. Mm-hmm. And it was held in St. Jacob's, a beautiful uh, little place there. And it was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. It was a wonderful, wonderful day. And managed to dodge the raindrops, I yeah, understand. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it was, was great. incredible. Anyway, there, all my duties are done. Okay. And it's on to the notes for the day. That's correct. So all we've right. got all kinds of things going on. And I have to report back to Sandra regarding her turtle head or Kiloni 
plants. Uh-huh. Um, she mentioned that last week that, and I couldn't figure this out, that these plants were exhibiting spots and that the spots on the leaves were kind of coalescing and the plants were dying. And from everything I've read and can figure out, I think probably it was a lack of moisture. It was just been so dry that sometimes plants just really, really start to suffer. Well, and this is a plant that loves to be wet. Mm -hmm. Like it's a great plant if you have a boggy area or Mm -hmm. a very moist area in your garden or a pond and, you know, you want to plant beside the pond. This is a plant that likes to be constantly moist and happy to be wet. And with all the the dryness we've had, I'm wondering if perhaps that's what what was going on. Um, This is a plant that does well in the shade, but does need, like I said, constant moisture. It will tolerate sun as long as it's got a real good uh, organic soil. Um, And mildew can happen if it gets too dry or if the air circulation is poor. So that's what I was thinking maybe those spots were all about. Um, But upcoming, so lots going on with uh, the delphiniums. The Ontario Delphinium Club is holding their AGM and field day barbecue in the garden on Saturday, July the 9th at Beauvaird House, which is 563 Beauvaird Drive East in Brampton. Registration's at 11 o'clock. There will be a couple of speakers on Heritage Gardens at Beauvaird. Bring chairs, bring umbrellas, bring, you know, something for the lunch table, salad or dessert. There will be a plant sales table of English delphiniums and member donated perennials. So lots going on there if you're interested. That's happening on July the 9th, Saturday, July 9th at 11 a.m. For more information, www.ondelphiniums, one word, ondelphiniums.com. Speaking of delphiniums, mm. uh, Plant Paradise Country Gardens, you may remember <clears throat> we've had Lorraine Roberts on the show. Oh, yes. In the yeah. past. She grows, she has beautiful gardens and a garden center, and she hosts Delphinium Day Festival at her gardens. And that will also be happening on July 9th and 10th, so next weekend, both days, Saturday and Sunday, 9 to 5, free admission. It's at 16258 Humber Station Road in Caledon. And uh, Lorraine has just published a new book called A Recipe for Continuous Bloom and Spectacular Plant Combinations, and it is a very spectacular book. It's very, very beautiful, great ideas for gardeners looking for, you know, perennials that work well Mm -hmm. together. And Lorraine has some big gardens there. She's had a lot of experience working with a lot of different plants. So uh, she did a very nice job on the book and certainly worth going out to that event if you can. And one more thing going on, that's this Tuesday, July the 5th, the Richmond Hill Garden and Hort Society is holding their general meeting, 8 o'clock in the evening at the McConaughey Centre. That's 10100 Young Street in Richmond Hill. Frank Kershaw will be speaking about planting for small spaces by following the principles of good design. Of course, everyone is welcome to attend. And this is a a kind of a preview because they've got an upcoming garden tour, but it's called the Fairy Tour this year. So Fairy Gardens, it's pretty cool, this idea that they've got going on. The Open Gates Fairy Gardens Tour is July 16th, Saturday, July 16th, 10 to 4 p.m., Adults are $10. Children are $5 because they really want kids to come to these this uh, mm-hmm. these gardens. It's um, this whole fantasy element. Fairy and fairy-related items will be hidden in participating gardens. So some of the items will be created by the members during a special workshop. And it's fun for children it's to roam through the gardens in search of the fairies. So oh, it's great. pretty cute. So for more information or to purchase online, rhinfo at gardenontario.org. Okay. Well, that'll 
I'll cover things off for the moment anyway. Mm -hmm. We'll get to more a little bit later on. We do have to take a little bit of a commercial break, but we'll be back to say hi to Sharon in West Lorne right after these words here on Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you. Welcome and back, Frank. Yes, thank you very much, Charlie. Sharon, welcome to the show. Good morning, hello. Sharon. Hello. Yeah, hello. hello. Good morning. Yes, good morning. Happy holiday weekend. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what I'm calling for, I know you had it on the show before, um, about washing plants, um, inside plants and whatever, but I can't remember the um, uh, solution and whatever. It's I know it's... Um, um, oh. Not uh, detergent. Right. It's, it's, um, well, the reason we use soap and water is usually actually as an insecticide. Yes. If, if you feel that your plants are well, dusty. Well, kind of dusty and yeah. whatever, and I just want to kind of clean them off. Yeah, well, the, the mix you would do to mix as an insecticide would be, uh, would be soap, not detergent, and yeah. it is a 40 parts water to one part soap solution. Um, but if your plants are just dirty and you're not worried about there being any insects, then you could use detergent, not a problem. And I would be inclined to uh, put the plants right in the bathtub and spritz them or, you know, you make a sort of a soap and water or uh-huh. detergent and water mix, do a whole spritz and then turn the shower on. Just don't turn it on too hot uh-huh. and uh, and rinse them off and you'll find that will really, really rejuvenate them as well. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Or take them outside, you know, do the same thing with the hose if you yeah. want outside. Just give them a good, thorough cleaning. They love being outside if you can mm-hmm. get them out just for the humidity and fresh. Now, would it matter if some of the soap went down into the dirt or? Nope, not at all. No, no. no. okay. Okay. All okay, right. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you, you very too. much. Yeah. And uh, that it reminds me uh, next year is the Sesqui Centennial, isn't it? 150th. Well, that's right. We started the 150th. Yeah, yesterday was 149. Yeah, year. You got it. Mm-hmm. Angela in Toronto, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I have a pine tree in the backyard, and I've noticed that the tips are starting to lose its pines. Not all the branches, but I've noticed it uh, sporadically on the pine tree, and it's quite tall. Um, It's uh, probably 50 years old. Okay. Well, pine trees, uh, very naturally and normally, will... Uh, often lose their lower limbs. That's just the way they work. As they get taller, they tend to be naked at the bottom. And remember as well that even though we call plants like pine trees evergreens, no plant is truly green forever. So they do actually drop needles. New, Of course, new needles come out on the tips. Older needles are in more towards the center of the plant. And a- approximately every three years, they'll be shedding, like three-year-old growth will be shedding from inside the plant. If you notice that the tips are not looking quite right, that the new needles are disappearing or, or you know, literally getting smaller, then I would suspect an insect on the plant. And I would look very closely myself um, if you can. But if it's a very old tree and a tall tree and you can't get close enough up to it, then I would certainly be calling an arborist to come to the property. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about this before that certified arborists will come to your property at no cost to you to inspect a problem or inspect any of your trees. They will make recommendations on what they believe should be done, whether it's spraying or fertilizing or pruning, whatever it is, and that's when you pay. But to have somebody on the property doesn't cost a cent. So that would be my suggestion. Is that right? Because it's only like the tips on certain branches, not the whole tree. Mm -hmm. Well, but if it's, like you said, a 50-year-old tree, it's probably pretty hard to see up into the top of the tree. It's not the squirrels doing anything, because I know the squirrels Mm. love to nest in there. Yeah, of course. No, but they wouldn't chew off needles. But if needles are disappearing, that's what I would be, um, that's what I'd be concerned about, because there are insects that will devastate and eat pine trees. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, I guess I have to call... uh I would. just uh, You can check ISA.org, which stands for the International Society of Arboriculture. That's I-S-A? Yep, dot org. Dot org. O-R-G. Okay, I appreciate that. Good, My Angela. Pleasure. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks for checking in with us here on The Garden Show. And let us know if you're a first-time caller, because Frank brought yep. the bell. I have. The missing I bell. I the bell right here. <laughs> we can anyway. welcome you with the bell. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, to the uh, north a little bit and a little bit to the east, there's Stouffville and there's Andy. Hi, Andy. Welcome to the show. Oh, thanks very much, Frank. Uh, 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 good morning, Charlie. And good morning. Frank, the lep- leprechaun. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, have a question about peony. Mm-hmm. have a really nice clump of peonies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have uh, just into my second year. Uh, and I've got uh, had lovely blossoms. Okay. Uh, they're all gone now. Mm-hmm. What was you know it's it's a pretty short thing. But anyway, uh, there stands uh, this uh, plant uh, between some hydrangeas, and uh, um, a lot of bare stems with deteriorated non blossoms on the top of them. Can I cut those off without harming the plant, or should I just let them uh, die down? Uh, naturally and uh no i would definitely cut the the peony plant back but do leave some leaves because that you know the green leaves will continue to photosynthesize as the summer goes on uh thus building the root up for a stronger bigger plant next year and of course more flowers next year but yeah do deadhead any of the flowers that are finished and then if you've got some that didn't open then same thing cut them cut the whole plant back uh, you know, a full, what it could be as much as six or eight inches back if you need to, just to have it fit a little better between those hydrangeas. Okay. Well, lucky me. Lots of blossoms. Everyone, every bud open. Excellent. Wow. Yeah, Good for so. you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but definitely do cut it back. Don't hesitate to do that. Okay. Okay. That's all I need to know. All right. That's wonderful. Great. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Take care, Andy, and thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Well, it's Mississauga's turn to get involved here. Eva on the line. Good morning, Eva. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I bought two plants from the garden center, Mm -hmm. which is the hot peppers Mm -hmm. and um, snow peas. Can I grow them in my solarium? Hmm. Okay, so your solarium is probably faces south or west, so it's really sunny. Yeah, very sunny, very hot. Uh, very hot, uh, which can be good. Um, 
But it's enclosed. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, peppers are grown in greenhouses, which are, of course, enclosed as well. The thing is, you it can, can get too hot. So just be sure that you've got some circulation of air in the solarium so that it's not just, you know, 90 degrees. Yeah, I do. I have my orchids also growing there. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, the peas might be a little harder because peas don't like the heat the way the peppers do. Uh, if you could put the peas out on a balcony, it'd be better or in a cooler location. But again, they're going to want the sun as well. And just check daily for watering and make sure that the peppers are, they're probably in a little tiny pot now, but the idea is, you know, move them up to a slightly bigger pot because, you know, it's one of those things that you don't want to go from a tiny pot to a huge pot overnight. Would, would they need the bees for pollination? Uh, that's a good question. No, I don't think so, but they will. you'll certainly get more peppers if you did have insects doing some pollination. So you might have to pretend to be the insect <laughs> and use a very soft brush, like a paintbrush, just okay. a little fine I, paintbrush, or in a worst case, a Q-tip. So okay. when you see the flowers, it's a matter of just touching the flowers and touching the flowers, just okay. going around Thank flower to flower. Thank you so flower. much for your help. Okay. okay. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much, Eva. Uh, let me repeat the phone numbers here. Uh, we've got a couple of lines open, as a matter of fact. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Okay. Uh, Anne in St. Catharines, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome back, Frank. Oh, thank <laughs> you very much, Anne. I appreciate that. So what's going on at your place? Um, I have some bay lilies that when I got them were yellow, mm-hmm. and this year they came up orange. My. <laughs> they were yellow, and now they're orange. Yeah. And the same day lilies for sure. They're the very same ones, yes. Uh, it's not like there's some other little day lily has snuck in? No, actually, these were given to me by my brother-in-law, so they were the only ones. Wow. Yeah. Odd. I mean, I've heard sometimes you get glads. I've had gladiolas do that, where you plant one color and they, they turn another color the yeah. following year. So I've certainly heard of that. I'm always thinking, mm, the squirrels messing around with people, <laughs> moving things when you're not not watching. Um, uh-huh. um, and it, sometimes it couldn't be a fade factor. Like they you, they were yellow and now they're orange. Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah. yeah, this is the third summer I've had them. Yeah, and they were they orange last year or yellow last year? One came up orange last year. Oh. Yeah, and then this year I was shocked when they all came up and now they're orange. They're all orange. I thought maybe it was different soil, but. No, I think, you know what it is too sometimes. Plants do sometimes revert to their wild type or their original. Uh-huh. Um, so that, you know, because we select plants for unusual characteristics like unusual colors or shapes and fragrances and forms but there's nothing saying that that plant can't revert back to its original and oh really the, oh. the original daylilies as far as i know were orange they're certainly the ones we see mm-hmm. in ditches and you know waste yeah, spaces exactly, all the time yeah. so oh. i'm i'm wondering if hmm. that so if you, you say you got it from your brother originally does he still have the plant me? The, 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 the plant that you originally planted that was yellow, yes. you said you got that from a family My member? My brother-in-law, yeah. Your brother-in-law. So does he still have the plant, I wonder? Um, I'm not sure. He, they've sold the house since oh, then. Okay. All right. So yeah. I say you can always ask him for another chunk and see what yeah. happens. Put <laughs> put another piece in there and see what happens. But uh, that's that's interesting. I'm, I'm going to look that up a little more. But as, but like I said, it's not. I've, I have heard of it happening where plant oh, okay. c- flower colors do change. And, of course, they fade as well, right? The sunny right. days. 
our reds turn pink pretty fast. Our oranges can pale down as well. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thanks for your call. Oh, thank you for your help. There's My Anne in, in St. Catharines uh, just hmm. broadening the base here of our, our listeners, and we appreciate your call. Uh, now, over to Kohlberg. There's Pat. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, and happy Canada weekend. Thank oh, you. Oh, thank you very Hi, much. Pat. The gentleman's call about the peonies prompted me to call about mine. Mm -hmm. However, I have the reverse problem. Mm. Mine have never bloomed. Now, uh, these peonies have got to be seven or eight years old. Mm. And I've been patient with them. <laughs> I'm wondering if I originally planted them too deep. Perhaps. Or if they're not getting enough sun. Perhaps. <laughs> Those are the two reasons mm -hmm. the peonies don't bloom. Okay. <laughs> One is they're planted too deep. The other is not getting enough sun. How many hours of sun are they getting? Uh, like direct sun. A lot. I, oh, okay. Because if minimum six hours is yeah, the idea. Yeah, they get the morning sun from the north and then the afternoon sun from the south. Right, so they're getting a number of hours of sun. So sun might not be your issue, but seven years is a long time to wait for a peony to bloom. Yes. I would be inclined, now don't do it now because it's just too hot at this time of year, but in September, I'd be inclined to grab a shovel and dig up that peony and take a look. You do want the the tubers the, of the peony literally on just right at the surface. Like, oh, that's what you know, I've done. I've put them too deep. Yeah, just a tiny bit of soil goes over top. And, uh, and yeah, that do that. If you can do that in early September, they should be blooming for you next spring. Okay. You'd think after eight years they'd work themselves to the top. <laughs> you would think, wouldn't you? <laughs> so they need very little soil coverage and lots of sun. Exactly. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. That's great. <laughs> You're thanks, thanks for the call. Pat. I know. It's yeah. funny. You would think those peonies would have figured it out. Yeah. Right? They'd be like crawling up or something. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Uh, Mel in North York is with us. Hi, Mel. Good morning. Okay. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. First um, time caller. Oh, my gosh. Welcome, Alrighty. welcome. Oh, you have there your you wings. There you go. <laughs> okay. Uh, hi. I've got a Benjamin, a ficus benjamina that I've had for about 30 years. Mm -hmm. And um, recently I noticed the soil on the top had little white on it, mm -hmm. which I have taken off. Mm -hmm. I know that the roots, they're actually two together. The roots are like a tight ball inside. Yeah. But I changed the soil mm -hmm. uh, in the spring mm -hmm. and put in a new big pot and everything because mm -hmm. I figured it would outgrow it. Mm -hmm. But lately... It's been, uh, the leaves are dropping off, and mm. these are small le green leaves and all kinds of things. Oh, my. And you just did the transplanting this past spring? So yeah. In the last month or two? Huh. Yeah, it was in the, it was in the, in, I'm sorry, in the fall. I did it, uh, you know. Oh, okay. Last fall. And so, um, and after you transplanted, so it was new soil, bigger yep. pot, uh, transplanted, and then put back in the same location in your house? Yeah, I keep it in a window in the house. Okay, so, and it looked good through the winter? Or it right, did... it was fantastic. The leaves were growing, none were losing all oh, of a sudden. Suddenly this spring. I'm sorry? Suddenly this spring it started suffering or looking like it's suffering. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me. All right, now the soil you transplanted into, it was a potting soil? Yes. Um, and you, Okay, now you mentioned the white uh, on the surface. That's like a white, powdery, dusty look on the surface of the soil. That's right. How often do you fertilize? 
Um, well, I didn't. I don't do it during the winter, mm. but I do it once a month in the summer. Hmm. That sounds right. Uh, okay, because the the white residue when you see that on the surface of the soil, that is a that's for salt coming out of solution. Uh, so it, it can be fertilizer, which is salt, or it could be just the water, the tap water. If we're using that, it's chlorine and various additives in our water or tap water. So sometimes we'll get that white precipitate from from just our watering as well. But the plant sounds like it is having a bit of a tough time. My impulse, because you could certainly do this now. Uh, I mean, it's always shocking and stressful for a plant to be transplanted and messed around with. Benjaminas, ficus benjaminas, are famous for being very, very picky and don't like to be moved and don't like to be touched and don't like anything, anybody interfering with them at all. So, I mean, it's great that it held up so well this winter. But I would be inclined to take that plant outside, lay it on its side, pull the pot off, and look closely at the roots. Smell the roots. Is it possible that that soil is holding a lot more moisture than you realize and you've got some uh, rot going on in there? You know, that like smell will tell you a lot of Uh, what's going on. Uh, yes, okay. if it's a very big plant, I know it can be a challenge to, to deal with. But the other thing I would be doing is I'd be, like you said, that root ball is just a mass of roots. I would be using a very sharp knife and I would be cutting some of those roots, slicing that root ball to get some root growth out of the ball shape and into uh-huh. the, the big pot. Um, okay, I shall try it. What I do have, I grew... I done three clippings and three um, grew three new trees. Yeah, which right. I have in different parts of the house, uh-huh. and they're all thriving beautifully. Right, exactly. So that one, it's uh, now it's about five feet tall and doesn't seem to be going anywhere. Anyway, well, do you I, have will, the, I guess the only other, if you wanted to avoid that whole taking it apart thing, a moisture meter. I don't know if you have such a thing, but they can be picked up at any garden center. It's just a probe with a little uh, dial on the top, sticking right. the moisture meter into that pot because it's a bigger pot and it's harder to know when to water and how much to water, that can tell you what's going on as well. It could be that the plant is just getting too much water or potentially not enough Uh, because when they get big like that, it's a bit hard to tell how much moisture is down deep. Yeah, well, it's not a very tall tree. Mm. Yeah, no, five feet's tall enough, but it means probably in a fairly big pot. So, you know, you can't smell like sticking your finger in tells you what's going on down at the bottom, right? Yeah, no, I got the big pot, so I figured it would help the growth of it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I'll I'll do what you said and uh, uh, let us know. I will absolutely. Okay. Thank you for your help. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, for Mel. calling. All right, well, you are listening to the Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Charlie Dobbin, our master gardener, uh, holding forth today and uh, every Saturday morning, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to look for a pronunciation guide to our next caller's name. Um, it's either. Fatima or Fatima in yeah. Etobicoke. So, if Fatima, hi. Fatima, hi. How do you pronounce your first name? It's Fatima. Fatima, okay. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. Um, when I water my um, hanging plants, the water just comes right yeah. through. Is there anything I can do? And they get dry so quickly. Yeah. Well, one. Anything I can do? Uh, you know, I forgot the bell to welcome you. There we are. First time caller. <laughs> yeah, welcome yeah. to the show. Thank you. So, okay, two, the reason why that happens is <clears throat> hanging baskets, number one, you one way to avoid requiring so much watering would be to transplant into a bigger pot 
uh, of, of any kind, whether it's a bigger hanging basket or just a bigger pot, that will help with the drying out so quickly. But when you do go to water hanging baskets or any mm. of the, the pre-planted planters, if the soil has become completely dry, it shrinks, and it shrinks away from the sides of the pot. We pour the water in, and the water just zings right through, oh. and then you're going, well, how can I water this? It's so dry. Yeah, like it, yeah. it seems like it's been watered enough because the water's pouring out the drainage hole, but actually it's still bone dry. So the other, if you're not going to do a transplanting thing, is uh, get yourself a big bucket of water or a tub of water so that when you want to water that hanging basket, you can immerse. You want to just drop that whole plant, that pot, into a tub of water and let it sit for 20 minutes. And it will slowly but surely absorb moisture. The soil will, you know, uh, reach out to the sides again. And all of a sudden the plant will be a lot heavier and you know that you've done a good job watering and you won't need to water quite as often. But when you do water, make sure it's a thorough watering and that will certainly help if you can get a big tub. Okay, I have another question. I have a strawberry hanging plant, and I'm going to put it in a bigger uh, vase. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was wondering if it needs any fertilizer or anything. Uh, Yep, we should be fertilizing uh, anything edible, whether it's fruits or vegetables now, because this is still the actively growing season. And, of course, lots and lots of sun with strawberries. Okay. Mm. All righty. Okay, thank you so much. Thanks Thanks you're welcome. Calling. And I let oh, that kind of you. slide through. You're on well, holidays still. Well, no, uh, first time caller, I thought, well, <laughs> Aww, you know, uh, didn't Fatima hurt and, and others, uh, just keep in mind, it's one question for call, but that's all right. We <sighs> snuck it in there. Yeah. We have to take a little bit of a commercial break here, which we'll do, and then come back and talk to, oh, very appropriately, uh, say hi to Rose on the Garden Show from Hamilton after these words. <laughs> Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And this is the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Rose in Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Rose. Hi, guys. How are you? Great. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. I have a little problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, last fall I put in a bunch of garlic, maybe about 50, 60 cloves. Mm Mm-hmm. And you remember there was that bit of, uh, well, the hot and the cold yeah. and how it started to grow. Yeah. Anyway, most of my uh, garlic has gone dry. I've got maybe a dozen left that are still a bit green. Mm. Yeah. So my question is, what did I do wrong? And should I, you know, uh, how would you say, pull them all out now and uh, start if, again? Yeah, I would pull them out. Okay, so a couple of things. One is... Next time, like this fall, mm-hmm. plant your garlic deeper would be my suggestion, just in case we have that same kind of a... Remember, you're yeah, right, it was cool, then it was really mild, and yeah, some of... Yeah, times it was, uh, you know, about three inches high, and then it froze, and yeah. then... Yeah, and that's it was like mm-hmm. at Christmas. It was well above zero, and yeah. then three days later, it's well below zero. So, yeah, uh, exactly. So the deeper you plant your garlic, the less likely it will actually break above ground. In case we do get the warm and the cold, like okay. could happen. Uh, remember as well that it, assuming that you know spring happens and now the little green shoots start to come up as they should remember you've got to watch for those flower they're called the scapes and it's like a little pigtail that that'll yeah, come up yeah, and does yeah. it I only had about uh, half a dozen of those 
Right. So, and, and I pulled them out, and the rest, like I said, have all been, uh, I pulled them out. I broke them off the top. Yeah, I was going to say, right away, you've got to cut, you've got to remove the scapes because you do not want the garlic flowering. And then you keep an eye, and once the garlic is about two-thirds of the leaves are yellow, it's time to harvest, regardless of what time it is, what time of year it is. Oh, so, see, mine are 99% of them are all... Yeah, so yeah, I would definitely, dry. yeah, so they're, they're not growing right now. No. They're just uh, sitting there. So yeah, I would yeah. dig them up, see what's going on on you may have some usable garlic you may not it's just I kind of one out and it's about the size of maybe a little bit bigger than the size of a quarter maybe oh yeah well so small still yeah. it wasn't an optimal year you're absolutely right because of that fall that warm very mild and then cold fall yeah. last year so but but i think you'll find that planting deeper will help with that if that happens again okay so all righty yeah so i just you know, harvest it now, then, and no, no use waiting. We won't go any Yeah, bigger. exactly. There's no, yeah. Okay, so thank you very now. much, and I love your show. Thank you. Thanks, Rose. Uh, always nice to hear that. Yeah. Uh, Margaret in Cambridge on the line with us right now. Hello, Margaret. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Excellent. Hey, we're all great here. What's going on at your good. place? Okay, I have a problem with small ants that are walking all over the plants. Mm-hmm. They're also... Underneath the ground, mm-hmm. and the plants are not thriving like they should. And it's you know when the new growth is at the top of the plant, mm-hmm. there's lots of ants mm-hmm. there and too. Is it any particular plant? It, well, yeah, it's worst on the um, like I've got a oh a variegated uh, Japanese willow. Oh yeah, it's on that. Mm-hmm. Unanimous, the spireas, geraniums. Oh, yeah. Um, so it's, it's right. on all the plants. Yeah. <clears throat> well, the it, only thing that it's not really on is the grass. Mm, okay. Well, what might be happening there, so keep in mind that ants do not eat plants. Pardon? Ants do not eat plants. They don't? No. Ants are scavengers. Ants clean up dead stuff. So they eat dead animals. They eat anything that's just dead. So they're very good, actually. We would be under kilometers of garbage if we didn't have ants. So, I mean, you know, it's very, they're frustrating, but they're also really good at cleaning things up for us and for all of us. But what they can do is they can make a nest in your garden under a plant. And when they make their nest, of course, they move the soil out of the way to make all their little tunnels and to lay eggs. And when they do all that soil movement, they can expose the roots to air. And that's what can, you know, cause damage to plants. So typically they're not eating the plants, but they can certainly damage plants from below. So that's where I would be looking closely. Like you mentioned, uh, you know, like a, a dappled willow, for example. If it really looks like it's struggling, you know, watch yeah, watch the ants. I mean, even just get a, a trowel, dig around a little bit. If you can move some soil and all of a sudden the ants all start to panic, you know that you've, uh, you're in the process of uncovering a nest. They will very quickly try to, you know, move everything out of the way there, moving the the pupa and the eggs because they don't want you damaging them. You know, it does become a bit of a challenge. You may have to dig some plants up. You may have to pour boiling water in uh, and just scare them away. That's this process of moving the ants away somewhere else and then get your garden back in order. Okay, so they uh, like I've got 
mulch on all the plants. Mm-hmm. So even in a case like that. Yeah, it's- just because you can't really see what's going on under the mulch. So you're going to have to move the mulch aside and then you'll be able to see the soil or move the soil around a little bit so you can figure out what's going on. Because, you know, ants, like I said, they, mm-hmm. that's the one thing they can do is cause death to plants because of where they put their nests. Uh-huh. These are tiny mm-hmm. ants. It's not the regular little ants that you usually see. <laughs> Smaller. Smaller than the average tiny ant. Well, <laughs> very tiny. Uh, well, double check. I mean, get out a magnifying glass and double check that it really is an ant if it's super tiny. Sometimes, um, you know, ants have six legs, spiders have eight. So sometimes we just have to look more closely, count legs, and figure mm-hmm. out what it might be. Um, okay. But but yeah, and again, if it's not an ant, it could potentially be something else. But yeah, magnifying glass or photograph. You could always send me a picture if that's possible. Uh, okay. I could take a look. But yeah, ants in general are, shouldn't be a problem other than where their nests are. Yeah, okay. Thanks Thank you, for Margaret. calling, Margaret. I just want to let you know that Last year, I planted a pomegranate uh, oh, yeah. seed, seed yep. in the garden. Mm-hmm. It grew back this year. Nice. Well, there you go. <laughs> I never. That's great. Success. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Good story. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Margaret. Thanks for calling. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And we're just in time to say hi to one of our regular callers, Mary in Brampton. Hi, Mary. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Uh, question, I bought a clematis. Mm-hmm. The flowers came and went. I'm looking at the little, I think that the spent flowers, buds, they're round and they've got like little spikes around them. Mm-hmm. Are they supposed to be cut down or left alone? Most people leave them alone just because they're kind of pretty. It's a little seed pod. Okay. So I would just leave it alone. Okay. Uh, they'll turn into little fuzzy balls eventually yeah, and yeah, blow around. <laughs> I don't consider them pretty. I consider them, what the heck is that? Okay, well then cut them off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Cut them off. If they look silly, cut them off. Yeah, okay. Now, it's a brand new thing, so it's kind of spindly and mm-hmm. little. What's the best way to take care of it from now and through next winter? Well, next- it's in the ground, right? Of course. Of course. So um, you're just going to basically leave it alone. Uh, uh-huh. Remember, clematis take uh, – they're, they're, I find they're at their best by about the fourth year. Oh. So, you know, the first year they're skinny. They're putting their roots down. Second year, same thing, going to be a little on the skinny side. The only job that you'll need to do next spring – Mm-hmm. is get out your pruners um, roughly early May and cut the whole plant down to being about five to six inches tall. Okay. And then just leave it alone. Of course, you'll fertilize in the spring, let it grow up. <clears throat> of course, okay. it needs something to grow onto, a trellis or a Which fence. Yeah, and if it's falling off the fence, sometimes I'll just use some little loop ties and help it, you know, yeah. be stable right. on the fence. And other than that, I just leave it alone. And I cut them in the spring and fertilize in the spring. That's it. I had a clematis that died last year, mm. and I had it like for five, seven years, mm. and I noticed that every year it got less and less pretty. Oh. So I guess it just said that was enough and died. Well, but there's, there are different clematis, like different varieties that bloom at different times. Okay. The trick with clematis is when you're choosing, like the right place to plant a clematis, and you don't want to keep transplanting it, so the right place is with, we always say with its um, roots in the shade, where it's feet in the shade and it's head in the sun. Yeah, I planted a smaller plant over the roots to. to okay. Because I, don't or think, in front I think I read some places. Yeah. yeah. 
Okay. Good. So as long as it's growing up into the sun and the base of the plant is somewhat shaded. Okay. Cutting this plant next year will make my husband very unhappy because he wants the 20-minute wonder. <laughs> it does. It, well, it doesn't take long. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Have a good summer. You and too. Thanks you. for calling. You know, on this holiday weekend, uh, I bet you a lot of folks are taking a little side trip to Niagara Falls. That's where our next caller is from, oh, actually. Nice. Patricia, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. And Patricia's a first-time caller. Oh, I just, oh goodness me, just men. There we are. Wings. You have <laughs> wings. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yes, I am a first-time caller. I'm calling about um, an Asiatic lily mm-hmm. uh, pot that I received as a gift for Mother's Day. Uh-huh. The, the blooms, you know, it yep. bloomed. It, it fell off. The flowers fell off. Yep. I was wondering if I could just... Can I just plant it outside? Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, will will it come out? Will it bud again, or do I trim it, or what do I do with it? So what you should do, once the flowers are finished, which I assume they are now, oh, just yeah. with a pair of scissors, you're just going to cut off the top of the plant where the blooms were, okay. or, or bud, you know, flowers were. You're going to leave the stem with all those little green leaves. And let it be a green plant for the rest of the summer. Great idea to plant it in the garden. Make sure you plant it in a spot that is going to be sunny and well-drained soil. Bulbs do not want to be in a a wet spot or a a low-lying area that tends to be super moist. Uh, So a good idea to get out into a sunshine, well-drained soil. I would plant it a little deeper than it probably is in the pot right now. The bulb should be down, the bottom of the bulb should be down three to four inches below the uh, surface of the soil. And then put a little stake in so you know where it is. And you'll see next spring, it'll, it'll obviously turn brown and disappear in the winter, and then it'll pop up next spring. Okay. It it, uh, it, it is a perennial. Brown, mm-hmm. Oh, when it like dies out and turns brown, mm-hmm. do I cut all that off or just leave it alone? Once it turns brown, it's usually not very attractive, but it shouldn't turn brown until we start getting frost. As long right. as you're watering it and it's getting sunshine, it should just okay. continue to grow as a green plant. And then once we do get to the frost time, the September, October, November, whenever that is, then yeah, absolutely you could cut it down then. Yeah. Okay. okay. Excellent. Thank you very Thanks much. Thanks for calling. And, okay. uh, Don't yeah. be a stranger. Have a good day. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. And a happy Canada Day weekend. I know. And boy, it's a, you know, I was surprised Busy one. on the way in how quiet it was as far as traffic is concerned. Well, I know, but I think everybody was sleeping in because it's like Maybe Pride so, yeah. weekend. And yeah. so between all the fireworks last night and all the activities going on this weekend in Toronto, you're right. The streets were very <laughs> empty this morning, but that's what I'm thinking. Is that Boy, I saw some of the uh, uh, fireworks. Did you? Uh, I think we're catching I heard from some of them. <laughs> Ashbridges Bay. Oh, we, yeah, you I could can see, see them. From my, oh, my gosh. Fantastic. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And uh, we hope for you a beautiful day. The rest of what you got planned, Charlie? Uh, yeah, I was just I was thinking about last night and all those loud fireworks. I was just like, this is I must be getting old and cranky. I don't know. It's just like, you know, the cats were so scared they wouldn't, you know, they're outside yeah. hiding, they wouldn't come in. It was it was quite a funny evening that way. But yeah, no, my day is um gonna 
drop off of care parcels to my daughter and get home and cook some dinner for my dad and, you know, sort of got some family stuff on the go. And you? Excellent. Well, I'll be back at uh, 2 o'clock for Live in the City. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to have a chance to maybe talk a little bit about my trip to uh, Ireland as well as uh, an extended uh, six days in England at, at uh, Bristol. But, you know, uh, folks I know are going to be asking me, what what were you most impressed by? There were so many things. But honestly, the Titanic exhibit oh, in Belfast cool, was eh? unbelievable. Oh, it yeah, was yeah, yeah. they even have a, a kind of a ride car you get on, uh. two people whole stoop, and you go up about three stories and work your way through and all along the way it's like you were actually there as the, the guys are, you know, catching Building. the hot rivets and, wow. and banging them in. It, oh, and the sound, and they had the thing shaking. Like it was, it was incredible. Like holographs or, or no, film? Yeah, no, films, yeah, but, yeah. but you, you, you are actually writing through all of this. Wow. It's, it was just incredible. Yeah. Hey, well, I just want to thank you for this lovely tea towel that you brought me all <laughs> the way from Ireland. It's called A Taste of Ireland. It's got Irish soda bread recipe and Irish stew recipe and all kinds of famous Irish coffee recipe. You're so welcome. Thank Charlie. you for thinking about me, and I want you to know I missed you, so welcome back. Well, bless your heart. Alrighty. Thanks, everybody. Great show. Good callers. And like I said, happy to have you back, Frank. Thanks, Sebastian. See you next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.